Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning. We are thankful that you're joining us no matter where you might be. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about this big idea. So if you're taking notes, you can follow along with me and you can fill in the blanks. Is this, we can conquer any situation with God. We can conquer any situation with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can conquer. Come on, let's go. Say, I can conquer any situation with God. We, we need to hone in on that. We need to apply that. And we need to really believe that. Romans chapter 8 says this. The Apostle Paul is writing, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He continues and he says, as it is written for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Wow, that's some potent language right there. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Say more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. See, we can conquer any situation with God. Um, last week was Easter week, man, and it was exciting. It was a good time here at Faith. Who enjoyed Easter, right? Well, we, I, I like to celebrate wins. It's, it's fundamental in our, in, in our faith journey that we celebrate wins, because if we always look at the glass half empty, life can be pretty overwhelming. And, and what was cool is, as a team, we looked at some of the numbers pre-COVID, and, and we beat our pre-COVID uh, attendance by two, three hundred people. And that's pretty awesome. We saw, yeah. We saw numerous decisions for Jesus. We saw people commit and, and say, hey, I need to dial my faith journey in a, a little bit more. We saw new people here. We celebrated a multi-generational church. And that's awesome. We're not just one demographic. We're multiple demographics here at Faith. And, and it was an awesome day. I, I love Easter. It is why the church exists, to celebrate what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. So as the day was wrapping up, and it was a good day, it was kind of touching base with some of the pastors and, and team members, and we're looking, and we're high-fiving, we're smiling, and we're tired, and we're like, oh yeah, we get to go home. And, and I, get to, I get that opportunity, and I went over to Kona Ice. Did anybody have some Kona Ice, right? You got some syrup, and hopefully you had a little treat, you know, it was hot. And uh, I'm eating my Kona Ice. And uh, I'm enjoying the moment, saying, God, you're good, and this is good, you know? And uh, I come back in, and I get a phone call. And I get this phone call. My mother calls me. She took home with my, with my father. They, they took our two boys, and they were going home. And, and Blake, we're in an accident. So instantly, for that two, three, four seconds, Blake, we're in an accident what does that mean? Now, this is Easter. We're on a mountaintop high, and, and now it's, Blake, we're in an accident. They're, on, they're in an accident off the 41 bridge. So instantly, your heart sinks a little bit more. What happened? What took place? 
but Blake, everything is okay. I, I, I walked through the lobby, my break, we gotta go, we gotta go check on the boys, and you know, as you can, you can probably relate with, it's unsettling news. So we get over there, everything's fine, God's hand was on the situation, and, and I remember showing up on the scene, and and, and talking and hearing some of the cars that were involved, the lady was like, I'm just glad you guys didn't go over the bridge. Like, those aren't some words you like to hear when your kids are in that car. It was, it was very off-putting. See, it, it is important for us to understand that when God is working in your life, when God is working in our church, when God is winning out through different circumstances, there's going to be opposition in your life. That leads me to this issue for us, and it's really quite simple. When God is working, there's going to be opposition. And I, I think it's important that we, we grasp that and obtain that. Oftentimes, people come in, and they, they have a radical experience. They meet Jesus. They're on a high. They're feeling good. And it's like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to commit to the ways of Jesus. But then what we often overlook is that there's going to be some opposition in your life. It's getting through that opposition that's going to help us win out, that God is going to continue to deliver us, that God is continuing to help us to be a conqueror. And not in conquer a sense of everything's going to be easy and breezy and we're going to come in on a mighty horse and, and a cool looking area or, 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 or thought process or whatever looks great at the time, but it's this idea of that no matter what we face, we can conquer that situation. Uh, it, it's written right here in 2 Timothy. It's not in your notes. It says this, indeed, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's fundamental for us to, to receive that and know that. See, some of you have uh, experienced some opposition by just showing up here today. Maybe you woke up this morning and you have a flat tire. Maybe you woke up this morning and you're like, man, I am tired. I do not feel like going to church. And it's this mental battle. Maybe this week was hard. I, I mean, you're celebrating Easter and then you're doing this, but then you got some bad news. Opposition follows tough incidences. Maybe there's a medical issue you're dealing with, navigating, financial strain. My wife and I were looking at our budget this past week. We're doubling our price, what we've budgeted for gas alone. Like, I think we're all feeling that a little bit, right? There's opposition when it comes to following the Lord. There's confusion, culture. It, 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 it throws a lot at us. How do we handle that? How do we navigate tough conversation? See, when God is working in your life, when God is working in this and through this church, we have to expect that opposition. Today, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 5. You can join me there, and let me give you a little context of what we'll be discussing today. We see the early church, the first century church, on fire. We see radical things happening. We see in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they show up at the gate beautiful, and, and this man is healed, and, and people are coming to know Jesus in a radical way. It's an amazing uh, uh, turn. The, the, the people, it says multitudes are coming and meeting. It says Peter is walking through an early part of Acts chapter 5. When he's walking through the city, people are hoping that his shadow just falls on them so they can be healed. The, the, the first century churches is, is dynamic at this time. They're, they're experiencing some 
undaunted and unwavering situations, but the guys, the apostles, they're cool, calm, and collected, and they're marching through, and they're saying, hey, our God is for us. Our God is a conqueror, and we stand with him. And there's amazing things that are taking place. So join me, Acts chapter 5, verse 17, and we see that when something great is happening, Satan is coming behind to corrupt it, to counterfeit it, and to reply to that. So Acts chapter 5, verse 17, it, can, it says this, but the high priest rose up, all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, this affluent group of, of intellectual high-reigning class in the Jewish uh, culture, and they were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public prison, put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest came in and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the sin of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in prison. So they returned and reported, we have found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Verse 24. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what was to come, what would to come. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Great things were happening in the church. And then these men go to prison. See, when it comes to following God, when it comes to being a conqueror over any situation, number one, we need to apply this, is God can deliver and commission us whenever he wants. God can take you out of your current situation, take you out of maybe some of the obstacles you face anytime he wants. It's this deliverance idea. Now, it's very important for us to understand, too, that sometimes we go through a struggle to get some strength. If you've ever been to the gym, if you ever worked out, you have to go through some agony. You have to go through some muscle strain. You have to go through some hiccups and, and some, some hurt and some pain and some soreness so that you can get stronger. So I think sometimes we try to say, hey, I need things to be good in life. See, the apostles... When it comes to this idea of, of deliverance, they, they came in with this attitude and like, okay, we're going to prison again. Peter, this man, this leader of the apostles, already spent some time in jail. If you look back in Acts chapter 3 for healing this man at the gate, beautiful. And he's like, all right, here we go. I knew this one pastor. He got in trouble in high school. He got ISS, in-school suspension, Okay. And he was with some buddies, and they all went to the in-school suspension together during that whole three days. So whenever you put a group of colleagues or friends together in one situation hanging out when it's supposed to be punishment, it actually turns into a pretty good time, so I hear. Can you imagine the apostles walking into prison with this confidence and saying, hey, you know what? 
Peter, we've already kind of done this, right? John, like, hey, we're going, we're going to get in some trouble again. We didn't really do anything, but our God's going to win out. Our God's going to continue to deliver us. I mean, they didn't cheat. They didn't steal. They didn't even uh, skip out on their taxes. So they can have this confidence. It's this, and for these men were sitting at Solomon's porch and people were around listening to their teaching and they were mesmerized. Like they were like, hey, our God's gonna deliver us again. We're more than conquerors. There's nothing we have to fear. Are we gonna get in trouble a little bit? Are people not gonna like that? Is Satan gonna try to counterfeit and, and corrupt certain circumstances? Yes, absolutely. But hey, our God's gonna deliver us. See, when it comes to deliverance, God assures us with two things. There's going to be a a confidence that we can have. And there's also going to be this piece of encouragement. See, you see later on in in Acts, when it comes to encouragement, these individuals, they, they get locked up again in Acts chapter 12, and then we see them get locked up again in Acts chapter 16. And what's fascinating in the Acts chapter 16 account is they, they earthquake shatters and, and, and the apostle Paul is, is there and yet they stay in jail. See, God is working through every situation that we face. When it comes to this idea of deliverance, maybe you're in here and you're like, God, I need relief in my circumstance right now. God, my 401k, it is going down. God, I am feeling the pinch every day, every moment when it comes to providing for my family. God, I'm struggling at work. Be and rest assured that your God's gonna deliver you in due time and stay encouraged that he sees you, that he recognizes you, that whatever scene that you're in right now, God's gonna win out and continue to lead you in that. See, not only does God deliver and follow through on that, but he also brings two other things too. He brings life. See, in Acts chapter 5, verse 20, these men, they're, they're delivered from their jail cell. And where do they go? They go back to the temple and start teaching. They, they teach about life. It says, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. If you look at the, the original language in, in Greek, this word life, it's talking about this all-encompassing goodness and greatness of life of Jesus. So God's commission, he's on mission with us. He's not going to say, I'm going to deliver you from that situation and not be with you to just flounder out there. God's saying, hey, I see you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to walk alongside you. I'm for you. And let's continue to, to do some things for the kingdom. He's commissioning us. That's why in Matthew chapter 28, we see this idea that we're on the, the great commission to go and, and make disciples, to reach lost people. So when these men, they go through this circumstance, they said, hey, go and tell the world about the life of Jesus. John 1.4 says this, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 14.6 says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, the commission brings life to people. They were delivered, and yet they went and presented others with the true meaning of life, Jesus. And then also when it comes to the commission, we understand that there's a call involved. 
Earlier in the book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit is, is present, that the Holy Spirit is leading, that the Holy Spirit is, is calling and captivating this group of believers. See, whenever God's commissioning us, he's giving us his Holy Spirit to lead us through our lives, to help us through our lives, knowing that you don't have to do it all alone. See, we can conquer God because he's going to, or we can conquer things and conquer situations because God is with us, he's going to deliver us, and he's going to commission us. Number two for us this morning is this, we can conquer any situation because we possess the Holy Spirit through our obedience the Holy Spirit through our obedience. Now, two interesting points that I just want to highlight is this. Those who are saved, obey. Those who made a commitment to Jesus say, hey, I'm going to obey. And the Holy Spirit is given to those who are following Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, verses 26, 33, the story continues. So then the captain with the officers went and brought them but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Now, it's important to realize that the, that the scene is so in favor of the apostles because of what was happening in the early church, that there was some wins, that people were celebrating the goodness and the greatness of who Jesus was and is, that even the crowd at this time is for the apostles. Verse 27, and when they hurt, and then when they had they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. This is a drawback to Acts chapter 3. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you've killed by hanging him on a tree. See, right now, the Sanhedrin, this council, these people who are jealous and are frustrated with the apostles, they, they're mad at these particular disciples because they ignored the order not to preach. They called out the Sanhedrin for killing Jesus, and then they were winning people to Jesus. It's fascinating throughout Scripture. In verse 31, God exalted him at his right hand as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. Can you imagine these men there? They just get delivered out of this prison cell. They go, go do exactly what got them there in the first place. And they're like, hey, we're just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. We're just gonna, gonna march and, and go through the doors God opens. We're gonna say, hey, you know what? There might be a situation in life. There might be some frustrating moments in life, but we're gonna continue to obey. See, when it comes to having a real encounter with Jesus, one of the first things that we are asked is to be someone who obeys. See, obedience releases God's spirit in our life. Relationship with God's hit barrier, they, they, they plateau, they hit their lid, they, they hit their lack of because of some circumstances when it comes to being obedient in our life. 
Obedience doesn't mean that we're living by law. That doesn't mean that we're going by yes and no's. Obedience doesn't mean that we're just wanting to go through the motions. Obedience means that we're actively and presently doing what God is leading us to do. Obedience means that I'm going to take this word of God and I'm going to follow it to the best of my abilities. And sometimes when it comes to obedience, obedience also can be this lack of enthusiasm that we might express or or not have. For instance, this, I believe that is fundamental for each and every individual who claims to get involved at church, who claims to be a follower of Jesus, to be involved in serving in their local church. It's fundamental. It's, it's crucial to our walk. And, and I think we all need to take that step. And, and sometimes we kind of shoot in the middle of the road and we're like, well, I'm, I'm not not obeying and I'm, and I, I'm not maybe not engaging and, and I'm kind of just here. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at in your obedience of life, in your obedience of God, are you doing what God's calling you to do? Are you actively participating in the local church body? Are you serving your community? And please don't misunderstand, I'm not saying you have to exactly fit in the box, but maybe I I spoke with one person, they involved down at the VA for over 30 hours. That's being the church. That's actively serving others. We can't just go through the motions. These individuals understood that when the Holy Spirit is leading us, we possess it through our obedience. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, are you obeying and are you being open to the Holy Spirit working in your life? In your notes, I gave you nine ways the Holy Spirit works in our life. And today, I just want to highlight on a few of them. He makes us more like Jesus. You can see that in point number two. If you're wondering how you can be more like Jesus, how you can WWJD live with this understanding of I need the Holy Spirit, I need to be obedient. He helps us understand the Bible. I spoke with uh, uh, someone in the lobby and uh, they came to know Jesus at faith about a year and a half ago. And it, it was a lot for them. They're trying to understand everything. I, I mean, if you pick up the Bible and you start reading in the Old Testament, you might come into some very particular, interesting points of conversation. You know, like if you look through like, hey, so what's it mean to have this like burnt offering, these certain blood sacrifices and stuff? And you might be like, dude, what did I sign up for, right? Without explanation. And so I'm talking with this individual and he's like, I didn't really necessarily know what to do at the time. All he knew was that he made a commitment and he's going to start reading the word of God because that's what we teach. That's what we preach here. So he starts reading in the Old Testament and I'm like, oh man, like, what can I do? What can I help you with? We have some people we can partner you with and all those things. And, and he's reading and, and he found it captivating because the Holy Spirit was present and active in his life. See, sometimes in our humanity, we pick up the book and we're like, oh man, this is really complex. But when the Holy Spirit is leading us, when we're obeying, when we're receiving the Holy Spirit, it illuminate, he illuminates some passage of scripture into our heart that kind of make us see things that we never would have imagined, never would have thought of impresses and imposes in our minds and our souls. So I want to encourage you, maybe you're wrestling with reading God's word. Maybe you're wrestling with obedience in your life. When you lean in and you say, God, I'm going to obey you, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will lead you in certain areas in your life that bring clarity and understanding. So church, it's vital. These men, they didn't know exactly what to do, except they were going to obey. Therefore, God gave them the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers you for service. 
the Holy Spirit empowers you. There's moments when you're tired, you're depleted, you're down, you're, you're out, and you're ready to be done, and you just step up and you say, Holy Spirit, I need you to be present and active in my life. There's moments when you got to hang out with some work colleagues, and you're like, the last thing I want to do is talk to some of those individuals. But then the Holy Spirit comes in, and before you know it's one of the best conversations that you may have ever had. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to witness and empowers us to lead and to, to love others. I know there's moments I'm, what, what people maybe mispeg me for is I'm, I'm highly introverted. People are like, yeah, Pastor Blake, yeah, right. I'm like, no, I am. Like, if you put me on a beach all by myself for like five days, dude, I'm golden. Like, it's awesome. There's moments where I don't feel like talking to anybody. Some of you maybe have seen that out in the lobby, like, look at his face. He looks like really quiet today. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I don't really mean it. But then I'm like, and seriously, conversations, prayers out there of like, God, I just need your Holy Spirit to give me this, this power that I'm lacking, this ability to talk. God, you're calling me. I need your Holy Spirit in my life and present and active. See, obedience leads to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads to doing things in our life that we couldn't ever do on our own. And church, if we're going to be for our community and be for conversations and relationships, then we need the Holy Spirit present and active in our life. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, whatever you need conquering in your life, whatever you need in all of these things, how is the Holy Spirit being present through your obedience? And number three for us when it comes to this conquering every situation is this, is this. Joy is available in every circumstance. Now what happens is, through our text, we're going to fast forward a little bit, is this certain Pharisee by the name, or Sadducee, excuse me, by the name of Gamaliel, is this uh, prominent individual. He's this individual, when he said something to the Sadducees, to the Sanhedrin, to all the working classes around, people listen. And so he gives them this idea, Acts chapter 5, verses 38 through 42, he says this, so in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if, this is verse uh, 38, for if this plan or undertaking is of man, it will fail, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God, so they took his advice. So the Sanhedrin is wanting to, at this time, kill these apostles for teaching and preaching the resurrection of Jesus. Now, when you read this, this Sadducee, this man, it sounds very good. Hey, if it's for God, it's going to win out. If it's not for God, it's going to lose. Now, in our humanity, when we look at this scripture, you're like, yeah, that's right. But there's a lot of things that seem to win out in our world that definitely aren't of God. There's false religions, people gravitate towards that. There's culture, people gravitate towards that. There's items online, people gravitate towards that. Not of God, but seem to be captivating people. So, what, this, what is happening is this individual is trying to stay in the middle of the road. He doesn't want to over-push over this side, doesn't want to over-push it, so he thinks he's safe. See, there's, no, there's nothing that is safe by sticking in the middle. 
When it comes to following Jesus, it's all or nothing. When it comes to having joy in circumstances, it's, hey, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to say, I'm going to go find joy. Not saying, hey, joy might come if I do this. But joy is available in every circumstance whenever we commit fully and 100% to the Lord. Verse 40 continues, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And it's fascinating because they already tried that one time and they failed. The guys went and still spoke about Jesus. Verse 41, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They were leaving, high-fiving each other. They were saying, hey, we just got whipped 39 times. Dude, that's awesome. When are we going round two, baby? Fascinating. They were celebrating that their lives weren't killed, that they weren't killed, that they didn't lose their lives. They were saying, hey, you know what? We took some licks, but hey, let's find some joy. I don't know. It's challenging because... I know even for myself, I'm a feels kind of guy. When it's feeling good, I'm feeling great. When it's not feeling so hot, you're kind of like, oh man, this is, a, this is tiring. This is down. These men are saying, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on. We're going to continue to find joy in the circumstance. Some of us, were going through some really hard times in life. We're facing some very interesting situations, circumstances, and you have an opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to find joy, or I'm going to be a bitter person. The question we have to ask is, do you want to conquer the situation with the help of God? And if that's the case, then it's, you know what, I'm going to find joy no matter what I face. I'm going to choose to think the best, believe the best, hope for the best, because my God is bigger than the rest. And every day, I love this in verse 42, because it's like the the author here had to really just captivate this so everybody understood. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Peter, one of these individuals, this is the second stint that we find that he's in jail. They're like, hey, dude, we just got out of jail. Let's go preach and teach some more. Fascinating. See, the apostles, they escaped death, but they still went through pain. See, joy doesn't mean that pain is absent. Joy doesn't mean pain is absent. Joy is found throughout the pain. Someone in this place needs to hear that following Jesus doesn't mean that things are painless, that there's not brokenness, that there's not hurt, that there's not struggles. Some of us need to switch our perspective by thinking of the worst and saying, hey, I'm going to believe and start hoping in my Lord Jesus. Matthew 5.10 says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, it's very easy. We come off Easter week and we celebrate a, a lot of highs as a church. And there's also some personal things that have happened throughout this week, some, some news that I've received, my wife, and, and comments have been here and there and and certain things and 
and there's been some highs, but there's also been some lows. And, and, and my wife and I, we sit and we pray and we talk and we discuss, and it's just like, hey, if we don't have critics, then we're not doing something right. Or if there's not something that's opposition to our church or opposition to how God's leading us in our life, then there's some things that we might not be doing right. See, church, I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, whatever you're faced with, that when God is trying to create something for the good, Satan isn't far behind saying, nope, let me just highlight your mental thoughts of back in the past. Let me highlight your mistakes from this week. Let me tell you something. Here's a comment on social media. Here's something over here. That's not going to be far off. So you have to anchor in and say, God, I'm going to be more than a conqueror in all these things in my life. I'm going to close with this story came across by a Romanian Christian priest. His name was Richard Wormbrand. He spoke of joy this way. He says this, while he was in prison, he was beaten, whipped, scarred, often left in solitary confinement for months. His teeth rotted out, and amazingly, through all that, there are times where he felt the angels were dancing with him in his cell. He was released from prison unexpectedly and he left prison in, in tattered clothing and looked like a scarecrow and he was walking on this road and, and this lady sees him and she offers him food and, and he started to take it, but then he says, no thanks. And he leans in and he says this, I am going too fast. He went home to his wife and they prayed and they fasted asking God for the same joy outside of prison as he had inside of prison. Man, talk about finding joy in some tough times. You're in this place right now, and I want to let you know, and I want to remind you that you can conquer all things with God that he is for you, that he is with you. We can find the joy that he can deliver us and commission us and that no matter what we face, the Holy Spirit is gonna be leading and loving us every step of the way, church. Hang in there, keep pursuing Jesus at all costs and know that God is for you. I'm gonna ask each and every one of us to stand in this place as we close in just a, a short song. And I want to just highlight this. Maybe you want to make a decision. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and we're going to sing a song. Maybe you want to make a decision for Jesus. You can do it in two ways. Go to faithnfm.com, fill out a communication card, and say, I've accepted Jesus. And it's this, this in our heart, this prayer of saying, God, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. I'm going to commit to follow you. I'm going to commit to live in obedience, what we talked about today. No matter what we face, we know we have the Holy Spirit with us. And the scripture says, you are saved. Or maybe you're in this place right now, and you just need a word of encouragement. Like these apostles, man, they kept getting thrown into the ringer, and yet they kept winning out because God is for them. In all these things, he's with us. So I'm going to ask you if you'll bow your head and pray with me no matter where you're at. Let's continue to worship God through our prayer. Lord, right now we, we say thank you. We say thank you for your, your Holy Spirit. We say thank you for giving us joy despite what we face. Lord, we say thank you 
for knowing that you'll deliver us and you'll strengthen us and you'll commission us because you're with us every step of the way. Lord, for those praying a prayer right now that are wanting to be a follower of your son, Jesus, who are wanting what we talked about, who are wanting a genuine relationship, who are saying right now in their heart and their prayer that they've made mistakes, that they've fallen short, that they're believing in you now, Lord, as we come off Easter week and that they're committing to be in a life of obedience. God, I pray that you touch their lives, that you lead them, that you give them the boldness, you give them the strength to take their next step. Fill out a communication card, Lord. Get connected, get serving, joining a group, Lord. I pray right now for those specific individuals. And Lord, right now, we also lift up those watching anywhere and everywhere who just need a word of encouragement that if these disciples can be in prison, that we can live with a boldness and audacity throughout our life to live and stand firm on your behalf of your son, Jesus. If you're goodness and greatness, we all say in this place. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.